Hey guys, welcome back to the Booked and Boozy podcast. I'm Brooke. And I'm Jada. And it's been a hot minute since we've talked to you guys. But we are excited to get back with the Boozy gang because we are ready to wrap up the SJ Mass series right now and finish off with Akawar. Finally, start talking about some different book series. <laughs> because it's literally, I mean, everyone has been talking about these books. Legit everyone has been talking about these books. And so it's like kind of like putting me in this little bubble, especially on TikTok, my FIP. I'm like, I've not seen enough Adam Driver. I'm seeing way too much SJ Mass. Like, please get me out of this hell. <laughs> <laughs> and somehow I ended up on Draco Malfoy TikTok. And I have- <laughs> Oh man. Yeah, I have ended up on Draco TikTok and I've I have somehow gotten your Adam Driver TikTok on my for you page like all over. And I don't know how that happened. I think like I see one like every few like 20 TikToks and then I send it to you and then like my for you page is like, oh yeah, this is what she likes. Let's give her more. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not mad at it though, because I feel like most of the time, anytime you get an Adam Driver post on your feed, you send it to me and I'm like, oh, that was a good one. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. All right. So what are you drinking today, Jada? I am drinking... Malibu with Sprite. I think I was drinking that the last time, but I'm just not in a wine mood. Mm -hmm. I am ready. It's still hot where I live, and so I need a little bit of coconut rum in my life. What are you drinking, Brooke? That sounds super good. I love mixing like my liquors with Sprite. I just love Sprite. I think it's my favorite soft drink. I am drinking Pink Whitney. Ooh, what is that? It is a pink lemonade flavored vodka. It's super good. I really don't need to mix it with anything, but I have some Trulies in case I want to. And like, it's so sweet. It's so good. Like, you don't really need a chaser. I don't know. It looks good. Like, it's it looks super like good. It good. Yeah, they have them in those little like dollar shots. If you go to the liquor store, those little dollar things. Mm-hmm. So you can try it before you get it. And so that's what I did a few weeks ago. And I was like, this is really good. So that's what I got. But I would not recommend doing the Trulies. Or maybe I should recommend them because <laughs> I really loved how our latest episode ended with Akamath. So you know what? Go get you a Truly, girl. I want to see-, <laughs> see you fucked up. <laughs> Akamath part two was good. All right. Even though you were only a seven, air quotation marks. <laughs> I was like, Jada, you're so worse off than I am. <laughs> I know. I was like, she's Such a bullshit. seven? I was like, if she's a seven, I'm a five. Like, <laughs> Oh, yeah, that was bad. But it didn't, it turned out really good. Like, I'm not mad at it. No, I love the episode. Do you want to do you want to tell me why you're drinking? I am drinking because it's too fucking hot outside. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm trying to simulate fall in my room, but it's not working because it's so hot outside. And anytime I turn up the air conditioning, it's like another hundred dollars. So I'm just kind of <laughs> like... <laughs> Fuck my you're life. drinking coconut <laughs> rum. You're not helping it. <laughs> well, I'm embracing it at this point because whatever I'm trying to do, my fall aesthetic is not working. So into the polls. Okay, so the first poll that everyone voted on, um, it was an Akatar poll where we asked, when Fair died and her essence was bound to rice, and she basically watched herself die through his eyes, where they felt that little cord snap in place. 
why do you think that their souls were basically attached on twitter 20 percent said the bargain tattoo zero (laughs) percent was for because he fought the hardest for her that's what i thought (laughs) oh no bro (laughs) you didn't even just think the bargain no i don't know maybe a little bit of it but i was like Tamla didn't do shit. Lucian was just kind of yelling. And then Reese was like, I'm going to die for her. And but so there was the cord thing. The cord. I know. No, my, nothing. My brain didn't. Yeah. Okay. And then there was my people, which was, it was the bond, bitch. <laughs> so it was 80% of you. And on Insta, most people said that it was because of the bargain tattoo. But I'm, I was pretty like, when I read about the strings attached she felt like him basically while she was dying I was like this this is something real this is not the tattoo she has made it to him 100% SJ mass did not bring up Tamlin's parents being mated for no reason we I was like I know for a fact because I know it's not Tamlin (laughs) (laughs) you connected the dots a lot better than I did yep and so this Paul was not book related, but um, for funsies, I just had to know. Okay. So like one of my friends came over a few weeks ago and she's like, I'm super hungry. Can I have one of these peaches? We had a bag of peaches. And I was like, yeah, sure. And so like she gets it out and then she just starts eating it. And I'm like, what the fuck? And I was like, do you want to, do you want to peel her? Like, do you want to peel that, peel that shit before you eat it? And she's like, nah, the fuzz adds flavor. And I was like, what? I had never heard of that. So I asked, I went to Twitter and Instagram for answers. Do you eat your peaches peeled or unpeeled? And I was shocked. (laughs) (laughs) Twitter, on Twitter, the consensus was unpeeled. 56% of you said that you eat your peaches unpeeled and 43 eat them peeled. And on Instagram, 77% say they eat them unpeeled and 23% said they eat them peeled. What is with you guys? What the fuck is that? Y'all are heathens. (laughs) I mean, I have seen people like, you know, when you're at the farmer's market and they give a little washy wash, you know, me and Brooke, (laughs) we from the South. So like (laughs) under the garden hose, someone be washing their peaches off and they just take a bite and walk around with it. I've seen that before, but I just... Why would you prefer it that way? Right. Like a knife or something? Something about like the fur on my mouth? Like, I don't know. Crease me out. It's (laughs) hairy. So like, because of you guys, I tried it this way. Oh, no. I couldn't do it. I was like. (laughs) (laughs) That is not the flavor. (laughs) This ain't it. (laughs) Oh, good. Yeah, so. Not the way I prefer to do it, but apparently that's how most people prefer their prefer to eat their peaches. You do you. Well, thank you guys for listening to that extremely random um, poll <laughs> <laughs> in our book podcast about peeled <laughs> and unpeeled peaches. <laughs> if I, and being honest, that sums up Brooke's personality, so... <laughs> I had to know. <laughs> spice in there a little something unbook related right so you guys i have the first half of the book well no we okay so we split it up into quarters 
I personally think we're going to end up in two parts. Brooke is like gung-ho about making Akawar <laughs> one part. And I'm like, fuck you, bitch. This is probably not going to happen. Because on Akatar, we podcasted for four hours, okay? Like <laughs> a 200-page book. Us two bitches, we don't know how to shut up once we get going. And we are really going like at the end of the episodes always because we are drunk as fuck. But look, I'm just going to get through Sarah J. Mass. We need to kind <laughs> have- of... wrap this bitch up (laughs) but yes I think you guys remember me saying last time that the first 10 chapters of Akawar were literal like it was like I was walking on gravel waiting I was like I don't give a fuck about Tamlin I want her in rice I don't give a shit and I really hope And you know what? Disclaimer, because we got to put in this disclaimer every single time. Yes, we know that we say rice. Get the (laughs) fuck over it. This is our podcast. (laughs) You can pronounce rice however you want. That's my spiel. Oh, my God. (laughs) It is already like a five out of (laughs) ten. I'm feeling good right now. We've just- I'm, I'm here for it. <laughs> it's just been too long, too long. And so I'm super excited. I want to talk, holy fuck. I want to talk about my fucking books. So here we go. Are you ready, Brooke? Yes, I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So in the very beginning of Akawar, we start out with, of course, Farah being her drama queen self, It paints a really good picture of how she is feeling because she starts off um, building the story with Fair painting what she describes as a lie. Um, And her painting apparently was very similar to what the spring court looked like. And she was just furious. She is like, fuck this, fuck the spring court. I'm lying my teeth to these bitches because I'm about to bring the house down, which is exactly what she did. She legit snaps the paintbrush, lights it on fire, and is like, this is about to be the spring court. And that is the tone that is set until she leaves, (laughs) leaves the spring court because homegirl is pissed. When Tamlin, I almost feel like we get reintroduced to all of our characters when they come in because Tamlin comes in super awkward as fuck, dancing around tiptoes around Farah, as which he should. He brings um, Ianthi back, or Ianth, I don't know how you say it, but- um, What a smart move. What a bitch move, okay? It's like, does he fucking have a rock inside his skull? I'm like, homeboy. (laughs) I mean, his heart's made of one, apparently. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Which we still don't have an answer to, but I'm like, what the fuck? (laughs) Lucian, he calls her bullshit from the beginning. I mean, I truly believe that he saw through her this entire time. But even though Lucian probably knows what's going on, not to maybe the fullest extent, his mind is on Elaine. He even goes as far to ask Farah about the mating bond with Rice, which she swiftly avoided because she was trying to prove her point however at that moment i was like okay we're avoiding talking about rice but like why am i not getting any communication at this point between rice because this is what i care about i do not give a shit about what's about to go 
on <laughs> in the court. What she left us with in Acamap, I was like, nah, I want to hear from Rice. But unfortunately, because, and I'm kind of yakking when I say this, because the scent, ugh. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> because apparently the more she communicates with him, the more that little mating bond scent, whatever the hell that smells like, um, is produced. That's absolutely disgusting. Like, put some deodorant on, girl. Talk to your mans. Like, (laughs) (laughs) some deodorant on. (laughs) Yeah. But we also are kind of reintroduced to Jurian, who Tamlin kind of declares that he's aligning with Hybern because his court will be spared. Well, he brought along two friends, which this is even more disgusting than the scent thing, in my opinion, because like, I don't know how to pronounce their names, but Dagden and Brana, is that how you pronounce them? I think I pronounced it like Branaha or something stupid. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, Remotely correct. It was just how my brain did it. <laughs> You know, the like the twins, like it was just so disgusting to me because like when they enter, they're like, yeah, like we want to sleep in the same room. And I'm like, okay, but like, are they fucking like, is this That's like what an, I thought. I was like, is this an introvert thing? And I'm like, disgusting. Like, I'm going to block this out right now. It was um, very like, it was never addressed either. So it kind of left your brain to the imagination of like, what are they, are they like mind fucking each other? Are they like, oh fuck, I didn't even think about that. Are they actually fucking each other? Like, what is going on here? It's disgusting. And Jurian kind of shows up with this facade, as we later find out. But he's still a straight savage. And they kind of come to this conclusion that they are there to find weaknesses in the wall between the spring court and the human realms. Because they want to take it down. And while they're having this little conversation, the two twins honestly like i want to throw up when i like think about them (laughs) the first few chapters just like heavily disgusts you (laughs) yeah it's like i'm getting like an actual gag reflex thinking about these people but farah quickly realizes that they are dementes (laughs) but of course they're like really fucking old so they know what she's doing and she kind of finds that out later but nice try farah nice try So they go out to look at the gaps in the wall for the cauldron. Lucian and her have these like little kind of like heart to heart talks here and there, which kind of builds up to a scene that I'm really excited to talk about. But Lucian confesses that he would have been on the human fate alliance side. They kind of also talk about how when she left, what had happened and that he hid the ring that she melted into the floor. I was like, I don't think he did that to be self-serving. I forgot about that. Yeah. No, I agree because this is going to kind of tap into some stuff later that I think you're going to talk about, but Lucian is very good at observing other people and like really seeing not only the big picture, but the details and like figuring out what people need. And it, he's he's always been that way. And you can just see it throughout these books. And we'll touch on it a bit later. I but. so agree with you on that. Because I feel like Lucian's most true and best self is really suppressed 
by the people that he's around. Mm-hmm. And Homeboy has had a hard go at it at life, okay? I mean, I don't really blame him. He's just trying, to me, he's just trying to survive. Like, he, his only person to lean on is freaking Tamlin. And how much would that suck? Right. Because he feels indebted to him. And he even so goes as far to say, like, to Farah, you were a better friend to me than I ever was to you. So he he knows. And there's that connection there. He mm-hmm. also lets Farah know that he replaced Tamlin in the right and ended up having to have sex with Ianthi. And he was like, please, I beg you, do not tell Elaine. And that hurt my fucking heart. I know. Because we all know that he didn't want to. It was almost like his duty. He felt like it was his duty, which is also so wrong in so many ways. But it's just and hard. Speaking of people who kind of see right through this whole facade that Fair is bringing up, when they come back to the house that night uh, for some dinner that freaking Ianthe is throwing, Elise, my homegirl, I've said it every episode, she was like, yeah. Alice, okay. I was just trying to throw it in there, not correct. <laughs> in case people didn't know. <laughs> My homegirl, Alice, knows what Fair is up to. She held up a night court outfit for her and was like, I was there that night, you know? Like, you don't have that kind of response to a man and just come back here like this. I see straight through you, girlfriend. And we know that... She plans to eventually leave the spring court because shit still... I mean, to be honest, yeah, Farah brought spring court down, but Tamlin was destroying it way before Farah even got there. We head into solstice round two, and Anthe is preparing to bless the solstice. Like, the true bitch she is, she's super dramatic. She's way more dramatic than Farah in, like, the worst way possible, and she starts performing this full prayer. She quickly, <laughs> she quickly learns, honey, the light doesn't shine out of your fucking ass, okay? <laughs> if it does, it goes straight to Farah. <laughs> if it does, honey, it's going straight to our girl Farah because it's not you. And she tries to like act like she's like directing the sunlight, but like we know for a fact that she's not. Everybody does. And they're like, oh my God, fair curse breaker. She's a true queen. And I'm like, yeah, she is. Because guess what? She's the high lady of the night court. Duh. But when the light shines on Farah and everyone is in awe of her, what got me was that Lucian turned to her, took her hand, and knelt on one knee and pressed her hand to his forehead. And I apparently didn't read that the first time I read it because when I read it the second time, it made me fucking cry. <laughs> no, I loved that moment because it was like he was the only one as far as like the people in like the high court or whatever that was acknowledging truly how powerful she was. And it was like... I'm going to kneel before you. Like, I realize I've like fucked you over in the past and I want to do right by you. And she was almost like knighting him. Is that the right pronounce, like the words for that? You know, when people get knighted and they're like, they put the swords on their shoulders. Yes. And to me, it was almost like he was pledging his loyalty to her at that moment instead of Tamlin. And I think that's where Mm. it really took a turn. I love that. I agree. Because... A lot of people think it's when 
you know, Tamlin like bursts out in flames again, which I'm getting a little ahead of myself, think that's the moment that turned. But after reading back, I'm like, no, this was the moment. After all of that little light thing, or what, sol- solstice light shining thing, not out of Ianthe's ass happened, Tamlin asked her to dance with him after that, but uh, Farah is not feeling it, and she is like, no, not today. I'm here to make you feel guilty and not give you the time of fucking day. I'm just playing the cards. Hard pass. Hard pass. And I love it because it just fuels the jealousy that is about to happen in two seconds. Farah, which in the book, she was like, oh my God, I'm not able to sleep after the solstice, whatever. But like she went to bed wearing that nightgown, Mm y'all. She knew what she was doing. So she goes to Lucian's room, gives a little knock, knock. And of course, Lucian opens the door and it is written that he was like throwing on his pants trying to button up so he already looks disheveled which only makes it so much better when Tamlin comes in and they have this little heart-to-heart moment again he grabs her and they basically throw their arms around each other and he's like I'm sorry and I was like I'm in love with you guys. <laughs> like, I never shipped um, Lucian and Farah, but I ship their friendship so much that I was like, oh my God, I'm so freaking happy right now. But see, this part kind of hurt my soul a little bit because she went in there kind of knowingly throwing Lucian under the bus and trying to fuck him over, even though, you know, their their friendship is starting to grow even more. And I'm not sure that she quite feels remorseful about it yet. No, she did it for the wrong intentions. I was mainly just saying that on Lucian's side. I know, I know. But I, I was upset about this. Yeah. You know, because he's deep down a good guy and we're starting to see it a little bit more than maybe she is. But I was like, please don't hurt my baby Lucian. I love I him. <laughs> Tamlin comes in and he's like, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) She's like, I couldn't sleep. Okay, gotta go now. And she literally bounces. This is where I was like, Farrah, you're such a bitch. She bounces, says deuces, and shuts the door and leaves Lucian to fend for himself. (laughs) Shirtless Lucian with like his pants unbuckled. (laughs) I was like, wow, you a fucking hoe. (laughs) I'm still proud though. (laughs) But Lucian, at this point, is fully in the crossfires. At breakfast time, he's, like, slouching down in his seat, in his seat and he's like, I want to disappear. <laughs> <laughs> um, her and Ianthe kind of get into it because I don't really remember fully, but Ianthe and Farah kind of get into it because she requests that the grounds need to be scouted for the Naga because they came and messed up her fucking temple. I really was just kind of like, I hope they pissed on your fucking flowers. (laughs) 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 Oh man. But Farah kind of like jumps to the task a little bit and Tamlin is like, kind of hesitant to be like no because he knows it's a sensitive topic and she was like i don't need a fucking escort and i'll be fine with lucian and the sentries anyway 
And I, if I were Lucian right then, I would want to be like, lines up, I gotta go. <laughs> I'm gonna winnow the fuck out of here. <laughs> Peace out. Uh, because it only pisses Tamlin off more. Um, they went out to perform the task, and Lucian is like, listen, bro, I understand that we're homies, but Tamlin is on fucking edge with me. And please do not give him another reason to hate me because I'm barely surviving. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. And on the inside, she's like, haha, you have no idea because I'm planning this. (laughs) She's like, good. And even like, it goes to the point where like, they're like camping and she's like, Lucian, like, we gotta sleep in the same tent. Have a slumber party. And he's like, Tamlin's gonna fucking chop my balls off. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And Lucian, like, draws back a little bit and explains to Farah that she basically left Tamlin in this uncontrollable state and that he's super impatient. And he's like, I wish she would just fucking sleep with him already because. He's getting on my fucking nerves. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay. So they sleep in their little tent. Jurian finds them in the morning. (laughs) And Farah has snuggled up to our boy Lucian for some warmth. And she was like, okay, I like this because it's only playing into the game. And again, poor Lucian. He's just like, I'm going to fucking just die at this point. (laughs) (laughs) But they head out again on their quest for the fucking wall. And we run into the children of the blessed, which they are super annoying. I have to say, I was kind of with the the twins. I was like, yeah, shut them up. (laughs) shut them up like i don't give a fuck about them i don't know what that says about me but (laughs) (laughs) but fair was like no we can't do that and she actually and i didn't even know this the first time i read it she sent the the bogey after them eventually and tamlin was like why the fuck did you do that she was like because i can (laughs) (laughs) because i can (laughs) Lucian kind of stands up with Farah though, and it kind of further digs that hole for him in the underground because Tamlin is like, get the fuck out. I'm tired of your ass. Your hands have been all over my girl. I don't care if you're friendly or not. And then that's when Farah just throws everything in his face. And basically she goes, you hoard yourself out to Hibern, you bitch. And I bet you would be willing to get on your knees for him. But guess what, Tamlin? I am not. Oof. Oof. Get him. (laughs) Tamlin, Tamlin. Get him. Get him. I was living Um, for that moment. And she baited him. And he exploded on her, just like she figured would happen. And she let in all caps she let him unleash on her lucian immediately goes to farah's side looks at tamlin and is like you are a piece of shit tamlin actually feels bad but honestly at this point like it doesn't fucking matter bro like you could have killed her yet again like stop making these excuses for yourself this is like time four or five that he's almost killed her (laughs) like like dude chill the fuck out ryson even sent down the bond he was like are you hurt 
And he was like, I want Tamlin fucking dead. And I was like, me too. <laughs> As the reader, I was like, same But this was the perfect timing though, because we built up to this situation where Tamlin feels extremely vulnerable because he played into the monster that he kind of is. I mean, let's just be honest with ourselves. Mm. And it truly brings down their downfall. They make another trip out to the wall. And that's when she was like, I'm going home. I'm going to bounce out this bitch. And to me, like, finally, yeah, I was like, finally, but the way she brought it down to me was still very unplanned. Yeah, if yeah, you I agree. It was kind of like out of nowhere for me. Right? Like, I thought you had a plan, bitch. I thought we were actually going to take it down. But you it ended up very unfinished when she left. But it really it wasn't she she planned it out in her head. Well, but like we as the readers didn't really see it that way until a little bit later. No. But on her way out, after she has all of her things and she's packed up in the woods, ready to go, she sees Ianthe and Lucian in the woods. And Ianthe is literally prowling on Lucian. And she was like, I can't do this. Like, I cannot sit here and watch this. She comes up to her and is like, get your fucking hands off of him. And Ianthe, like the true cunt that she is, decides to take her hand down to Lucian and is like, we'll let you know when we're finished. Mm. Absolutely disgusting human being. Makes me want to throw up. I know. Thankfully, Farah, her drama finally brought it to where I really wanted it to be. <laughs> she entered into her mind took that hand away and made her smash her hand over and over again until she said, stop. Lucian was fucking stunned, but we were (laughs) here for it. And she goes, the word you are looking for is dementi or demente. (laughs) I was just kind of like, fucking finally, this bitch gets, you know, not even truly what she deserves, but she finally gets some like a portion yeah, a portion of a what portion. she finally gets hers in some way because she has just been a nuisance throughout the last two books. And I've just been waiting. I've been just like sitting here waiting like, for something bad to happen to this. God, book. I was like, I want this fucking bitch to drown. Like, I hate her ass so much. The plan derails again a little bit because the incest twins make their appearance into the clearing and they're like yeah one problem Farah. um you're not the only ones we are and also we kind of outsmarted you because you fed we fed you this apple like this little snow white uh, (laughs) (laughs) little snow white backstory and um we also gave it to Lucia too, so we're about to fuck you guys up. <sighs> this moment I was like, it's getting real. Like, how is she gonna get out of this? Because she already gave out gave up her like time to get out. Like she was like, I have this window to get out and go back to Valaris. But she was like, No, like I love Lucian. Like, I have to save him. Like it's the right thing to do. So she goes back for him. And now this is happening and like she's lost her powers. And it's right. just a bad situation. And they knew she was planning on leaving. Right. And Lucian, like, literally looks at her and is like, leave. But Farrah's like, bitch, I ain't going down from a fight. I'm ready to kick their ass. So she winnows and strikes them. 
And Lucian actually ends up killing one of the twins. Thank God. I was like, oh my God, they gross me out so much. I'm so glad at least one of them is dying right now. No, I'm not sure. <laughs> I hated the character in this series more than these two fucking twins. I hated them. And then Farah kills off the other one. And she is about to flip, but Lucian was like, bitch, you are not going anywhere without me, ho. I am coming with you to the spring court, whether you like it or not, and we're headed to autumn. And that is where we finally get into the portion that I start liking. (laughs) For real. (laughs) How many chapters was that? Like 10 or 15? It was, it felt like forever. It felt like forever. And I will say this, no offense to SJ Mass, because like, Her writing is still good, y'all. I don't care. But I feel like the first 10 chapters in both books, it's like back and forth, back and forth. And I'm like, I fucking need this to stop. (laughs) Even in the first one, it like took a while for her to like, you know, get into the spring court and feel comfortable. It was like her distrusting everybody. And it was just kind of like, okay, when is something going to happen? (laughs) Fantasy is a hard genre to write though. I will say that just because it takes so long to like build the story in the world building. So not to discount it, but me as the reader, I was like, I don't give a shit about this. I want rice. (laughs) (laughs) Same mood. (laughs) They head north and Farah kind of finds out that Lucian is still mainly leaving because he wants to see Elaine. I don't really blame him, though, because the way that the mating bond is written about, I would probably be the same way if I was stuck in that situation. And to me, it's a little heroic, even though Elaine does not share the same sentiment to him, unfortunately. Or deserve him. Right. (laughs) We'll get into that later. They legit hike for five fucking days, bro. Five days. It's like Farah has been under the mountain for like what felt like three months. And then now they're hiking through the goddamn woods for five days. I'm like, holy (laughs) shit. She really likes to drag these characters through the mud. (laughs) But they get rudely interrupted by Lucian's brothers in the autumn court. But haha, Eris, Farah gets the upper hand on him because... He apparently doesn't think that Farrah can outsmart him, but she does. And they book it. They are running. They are seeking shelter. I mean, they are on edge at this point. And I just remember reading how, like, they thought they were legit going to die from the elements. They did, yeah. In poor Lucian, he just asked Farrah, he's like, please tell me like something about Elaine. Like, I just need to hear it. Like while they're both like shivering and basically dying, huddling together. And Farah has the audacity, which he has on many occasions in this moment to break his heart even further while this man is dying. And it's like, yo, she's engaged. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, to a human? (laughs) She's like, yeah, bitch. Tell me something about my love. Well, um... (laughs) You're fucked. (laughs) It's like, Farrah, he could have died, you fucking hoe. Like, honey, give him something good at least. God. And, like, keep in mind, the effects of the apple is still there. They literally can't do shit. Farrah can't talk to Rice. Like, it's just, they're not having a good time. Like, way to shoot a man when he's already down. (laughs) They make it over through winter court. 
and they're like, okay, there's this huge block of ice. We will probably freeze to death and have to just keep going the entire time. This sucks, but here we go. They start crossing the ice sheet. It doesn't last long because fire begins to melt on the ice that they stood on. And let me just say, like, it's about to get hot, guys. This is one of the hottest scenes in the fucking book. I mean, <laughs> literally, like, whew, like I'm having to fan myself right now. Eris melts the ground they are on and winnows in front of Farah and backhands her in the fucking face, bitch slapped. And Lucian, in the distance, is, like, screaming for her. He's like, I mean, like, it plays I love this scene so much it's played so vividly in my head and if there's ever a movie they better not fuck it up but while everything is like going down around them a shadow begins to form on the ice and then wha-bam Cassian slams into the earth cracking the ice not only once but twice because my bad boy fucking ass is there too Two fucking hot Illyrian males crash down into the eyes. And I tell you, like, I can't tell you how much I was like, this is the hottest thing I've ever fucking read. <laughs> you had to give yourself a moment there, didn't you? you yeah, like, I'm like, I need to pour myself a drink. <laughs> and I'm not, guys, I'm not a super, like, Cassian stand. Like, if I was in the book, I would go for ass. I would not go for Cassian. Because he, his personality, it's more of like a bro type to me. It's not like a boyfriend type. But damn, <laughs> damn, I was like, it's getting hard to breathe. <laughs> Doesn't mean he's not hot as hell still. And I was kind of pissed because when Brooke was reading A Court of Wings and Ruin, <laughs> because I had read it twice before that. And I was like, oh my God, I can't wait for you to get to this part. Oh my God. It took me like a month. <laughs> it took me like a month. Literally every single time I text her, I was like, I can't wait. Let me know when you're there. It's only 11 chapters in. <laughs> <laughs> that first part was just so slow. It was hard for me to get through it. And then I was like, am I there? Am I close? And she was like, you'll know. <laughs> but apparently she didn't. Apparently I apparently visualized it way better in my mind than she did hers because she was only like, I wanted rice to be there. And I'm like, fuck rice. <laughs> oh, okay. So it wasn't like, it wasn't like I wanted rice to be there. It was like, where the fuck was rice? Like if he can sense down the bond, if Cassian and Azriel knew that she was in trouble, then rice did too. And I was like, where the fuck is he? I was kind of pissed at that point. Which I agree, but I am so glad that they had their time to shine because it was like the hottest part of the book for me. Cassian's eyes were described as world ending like goodbye Eris he was about to take you down Farah does this little maneuver that her and Cass make this little eye contact with and he's like you know what to do bitch she takes him down Cassian snatches that boy up fucking Eris as is like out here to destroy the other brothers and finally Farah steps up and she's like stop keep in mind blood is like all over the ice against like that stark white it's looking pretty rough i kind of wish she didn't stop it but it was a good moment because she's like i'm about to spare your miserable ass lives and announces for the first time that she is high lady of the night court 
And one of the brothers is like, there is no such thing as High Lady of the Night Court. Farah says, there is now, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> and I just loved it because Cassian and Az, as soon as Farah was like, stop, they stopped. And that really just like shows those Autumn Court brothers that like, oh shit, like she means business. Like she's she the real the deal. One. So finally, she was like, let's go home, boys. I need to see my mans. And I do have to make a little side note. I was laughing hysterically in the book, thinking about as carrying Lucian. <laughs> yeah. the air. I was too. <laughs> I was like, wow, this is uncomfy. <laughs> And it happens, like, so many times, too. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, this is a great image. Like, uh, if they make a movie, I really hope. <laughs> I hope they leave it in. <laughs> I hope they <laughs> The reunion happens. They meet back at the house. And, you know, she is, like, so happy. She knows that. Because Cassian and Ads, like, they were pretty hurt, especially Cassian. Um, at the end of the book. So she was just happy to see everyone. And then Rice is like up against the doorframe. And as soon as they make eye contact, Vera crumbles. He swoops her up and is like, everybody get out. (laughs) (laughs) I have business to take care of. (laughs) Find somewhere else to be anywhere. I don't care. (laughs) And... They catch up a little bit, but really they're like, it's fuck time. Like, we don't give a fuck about this. Rice was even like, I want to lick the dirt off of your body. And I was like, oh, <laughs> my, my God. He's like licking her tears, licking the dirt. Here we go. Oh, the tears. I forget about the tears all the time. <laughs> Black it out. <laughs> Keep your fucking tongue to yourself when it comes to dirt and wounds and like ugh. again, like he's supposed to be a fucking bird. Why is he like purring and like licking shit off of her like a cat? <laughs> okay, disgusting. However, I was here for it. They had their little time, and Rice promises that he will never let her slip from him again. And I was beaming with happiness. So after fuckery time is over, Pharaoh's like, I need to see my sisters. And I'm just dreading it because you guys know, I don't, (laughs) I hate her sisters. I absolutely hate them. They're like, okay, we got to go over to the house of wind. And it's just kind of weird because everyone is awkwardly waiting on them to go up there. So it's like, did they hear them up there? (laughs) Just a little side note. Rice, before they head up there, lays the ground rules solution immediately. He was like, you will not think about her. You will not touch her. You will give her space. Do not do this. And I was like, okay, kind of needed, kind of not. But like, okay, let off some steam. And Lucian kind of comes to this realization as they're heading over there that he truly did not know the full story. He even makes one comment and says... There are children laughing in the streets. Like he was like, this is a, he knows this is a good place. That perception that you talked about, it's there. Mm-hmm. And he tells Pharaoh, like, I didn't know that I was the villain in your narrative. That, that hit deep. Hit deep. Of course, when they get there, Nessa, my favorite person, is the first to be seen. 
and she is her usual bitchy self. I mean, I don't really know what to expect. I mean, what I expected from her. Elaine, when they go to visit her, she is a pitiful fucking mess. I mean, I'm not discounting that they went through their own trauma too, okay? It's just really hard for me to like them again because of what happened in Akatar and basically what happened for like years leading up to all of this. Right. But Nessa's being a bitch. Elaine is in shock and just wants to go home. We meet Imran as well in this little area of the book. And Imran is still having issues with the book. But they did discover that if Hybern was looking for cracks in the wall for the cauldron to bring down that wall, there's obviously something wrong with the cauldron because it should literally have no problem doing that. They had kind of been looking for spells to patch the wall up to slow them down, but I really ag- agreed with Az in this moment that it's an only a means to an end because Hybern will be striking in other directions besides the wall. And Imran kind of mentions like, yo, your sisters could probably help play a role in this. And Farah shuts that down. And I'm taught, and when I say the audacity, I mean the audacity for her to say that. And I am so glad that Imran puts her in her place because she was like, You sound like fucking Tamlin. You want to trap your sisters up in the house of wind and let them get over their shit. Like, no, that's not how this is going to work. And thankfully, Farah doesn't resist that. And she realizes, like, no, you are kind of right. Like, I need to ask them, I need to get their permission, like, give them a choice. It's like she's still, after all this time, still trying to take care of her family that has just let her do that for so long. And they're still, like, continuing to let her do that. They're still, after everything that they've been through, they're not stepping up. And it's just annoying. It's just still, it's just super annoying. I know. I'm like, girl, let it go. Like, they did (laughs) not like you. (laughs) They treated you like shit. They still are. But after they cool down, they head to dinner and Lucian finds out at dinner that they are basically planning to have this huge meeting with all of the high lords and kind of like, I love this part because he was very outspoken. He kind of was like, can I give you some unsolicited advice because I need to tell you something? And he was like, if Baron knows about Farah's powers, he will join Hybern and he will say fuck you to all of you. And Rice was like, you know, like I kind of don't disagree with that because they agree that because Eris was there when Farah was kind of wielding her powers on the ice that he probably went to Baron. Um, and Rice kind of respects him, I think, in that moment. I love how you know, Lucian comes into the situation and right off the bat, he's, you know, obviously a little bit skeptical, but he trusts Ferris so much in their friendship. And like, he knows that she's making good decisions for herself and he kind of trusts her based off that. So he kind of in turn trusts Rice at the same time to be kind of like, hey, here's the situation. They're going to come after Farah. Like, and he's still trying to protect her. Mm-hmm. He's trying to make up for the time that he lost, being able to protect her and stick up for her. And their and friendship just really starts to blossom. He does. He knows he's been in the wrong, mm-hmm. which makes me sad because he thought that he was doing the right thing. Or maybe not even the right thing, but just not being there for her. Right. 
once their dinner kind of comes to an end, Rice kind of brings up at the end that there needs to be a trip made to the Court of Nightmares again. Because even though they're trying to align with the High Lords, he's like, we need more. He's like, we know the numbers now. We need more people and we need Kier's Darkbringer Legion. And I will say extra little point because we kind of jump in the next part to Cass and Farrah training. But Farrah brings up the fact that she wants to learn how to fly, which everybody at the table was like, she don't know. She don't know, does she? (laughs) (laughs) Cassian was like, that's going to be like kind of hard. And he was like, it's going to take you like years. But of course, my boy Az was like, I will teach her. He's so patient. We kind of get like a little glimpse into like his past and everything as well. And it's, it's a little, it's a little heart touching. Like it touches my heart a little bit. And it's like, oh, he was the perfect person to train her. Exactly. So while they're waiting for all of their plans to kind of unfold, Cass and Farah start training again. They get kind of into their own little routine and we quickly find out that Cass is fucking angry. It's his turn to be angry, bitch, at her in the ring. Because he's like, you are our high lady. It's not just you anymore. It's all of us. It's not just you and Rice. Like, I know you guys had the mating bond, but it's not enough. Like, we fight for you. You are high lady. Like, you can't be acting like this. Pharaoh finds out that Rice didn't hold himself together as much as he let on through the bond and even afterwards about how he was doing while Pharaoh was away. And he was like, you think he was just fine? He was not fine. I was there. I love the dynamic that the inner circle has that like while Reese and Farah are like high lord and high lady, no one's afraid to step up and put them in their place. And I think that's a very healthy relationship to have to kind of like keep their check on everyone. It shows a lot about them, like just Mm -hmm. as people and how they communicate with each other. Nessa kind of makes her little intermission onto the ring and her and Cass start this little back and forth motion of bickering at each other, which apparently they've been doing this entire time since uh, Fair was away, interestingly enough. Mm-hmm. And Farrah's like, dear God, Rice, down the bond. She was like, please get me out of this hell. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, what will you give me? And she's like, I don't give a fuck. Just bring somebody. And he sends as my homeboy and they bounce and leave Cassian to defend himself against Nessa, which we know he low key likes. (laughs) (laughs) And um, she even said, by the way, I wanted to point this out that when he showed up, she was like, he's not as beautiful as rice, but he's a close second. Like girl has eyes. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All these men around me are beautiful. Like I can see. (laughs) They go off to train and Fair for the first time shows her wings to Az and he is like, wow, you are truly an artist because you (laughs) paint so much detail. And even though I shit on her and I'm like, bitch, you're not an artist. (laughs) (laughs) She's out here drawing 
on people's things in their fucking house. Like, My God. Like eyes and shit. Are you, like, you going to pay for that shit? <laughs> <laughs> you going to pay to fix that? <laughs> but um, he yeah. whips them out like a pair of titties. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Here they are. So, when he like goes to like actually touch her wings though, I was like, oh, this favorite, because you know, you guys know. Fair has her little wing thing. But as, I mean, we're very respectfully, he asked permission, did the little wing thing to her. And I was like, okay, like, what is going on? <laughs> like, can I touch them? <laughs> and I was just imagining his hands like, <laughs> like, crap, <laughs> like some titties. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, man, that's so funny. It's really not that funny, but it's hilarious. It's not, but it is. And Farah finds out very quickly that this is going to be a lot harder than she thought because she can barely keep those mofos off the ground. We go <laughs> into... <laughs> she can't, man. Uh, I'm so uh, picking titties. <laughs> <laughs> I'm <Yeah>. sorry. Moving on. <laughs> By the way, like in my notes, I have like this little... Do you see them? It looks like titties. You know, I've seen these a couple times, and I thought they looked like titties. They're <laughs> I've suppo- seen them recurring throughout your notes, and I was like, maybe that's not what that is. <laughs> it's not. It's actually the eyes, like the the uh, eye emoji where it's looking off to the side. But I know fully. Oh, I'm fully aware they look like titties. <laughs> I they were the whole time. It's like, wow, she's really been thinking about boobs a lot. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God, I'm an ass girl. No titties for me. (laughs) Into the next scene, she meets up with Rice at the library where, oh, my God, those poor girls were basically tortured. We meet the character Clotho, and we get introduced to Baraxis? Baraxis? Yeah, yeah, something like that. And he's like... But they don't know, Rice doesn't know his name. We know his name because we've read the books, right? But he's like, yeah, there's something living down there. I don't really know what it is, but Cass is scared of it. (laughs) Not worth checking out. (laughs) We're just going to leave it there. (laughs) But that kind of gives Fair an idea, though. It's like, you know what? We may not have the numbers, but we might have the monsters, and it leads her to the conclusion that she needs to go visit her homeboy, the Bone Carver. And that's my fucking piece. Oh, I'm shit. ready to talk about the good part. <laughs> hey, I thought you had some of the good parts. All right. It's my turn. All right. So they decide they need the Bone Carver. So Farah goes down with Cassian to that weird ass prison again to find him and he appears to them or appears to her as a kid still which is like really fucking creepy in my opinion i mean (laughs) kids are always like the most evil ones in horror movies like they scare the shit out of me but like also children just like aren't my thing either (laughs) Mm -hmm. so it just like is really unnerving it's almost like that vine that's like what's worse than a murderer and then they like rip off the sheet (laughs) child (laughs) (laughs) a child (laughs) mood okay (laughs) plus he looks like their future son which 
to me would give me a lot of PTSD. <laughs> like when I looked at my kid, I'd be like, oof, <laughs> oof. <laughs> like, nah, next. <laughs> Let's try for another. <laughs> the postpartum psychosis is setting in. <laughs> God, I have a, we're not keeping this in the podcast, but I have another Twilight reference. Oh, God. <laughs> Have you seen the meme where this girl, she like is holding the kid and she like throws it in the fire? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Throw it in the fire. <laughs> That's what I imagine us being like. Like she like, when that kid finally starts looking like how the bone carver presented, she's like, okay, I've had enough. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. All right. So they begin to bargain with them. And you find out that the Weaver is his sister, which is really interesting because she was so powerful that she couldn't be killed. And they also have like an estranged brother somewhere that also never gets addressed again (laughs) throughout the series. They were so powerful that they couldn't be killed so they could only be contained to keep everyone safe from them. So Farrah's like, bitch, what do you want? Like, we need you to come fight. And he's like, well, I want this mirror. And she's like, all right, easy enough. So the next day they go to the Court of Nightmares. And before they leave, Farrah checks on Elaine and she starts like muttering (laughs) incoherently. So then after they're like, well, Elaine's gone bonkers. (laughs) Farrah's like, I'll move on to the next sister. We lost her. (laughs) She's like, Nesta, why won't you train with Cassian? And she's like, why would I bother to slay my enemies when someone else can do it for me? And that just pissed me off because it takes me back to when she lived in that small-ass house, like, waiting for Farrah to wait on her hand and foot, do everything for her, provide for her, just, like, it's totally, like, her bitch mentality coming back out. Like, she's still stuck in those ways. We are not Nessa Stans. <laughs> We're not. If you haven't, if you haven't picked up on that yet. <laughs> <laughs> so then they're like, well, let's just bring, let's bring all of them down to the townhouse and they can live there. So <laughs> they pick up Nesta, Lucian, and Elaine. <laughs> I can't remember who's carrying Lucian. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. Uh, it doesn't matter who's carrying Lucian. The, <laughs> the mental image is just amazing. <laughs> Rice carries Nesta and like, it's kind of like, bitch, I hate you too. <laughs> It just kind of throws her around and purposely makes her almost like car sick <laughs> to where she goes and just like violently vomits in the bathroom afterwards. But anyways, if you're following our Instagram, um, you'll have noticed that I bought a romaine plant and I named it Romaine Elaine. <laughs> <laughs> and I said that if, Roma- <laughs> if Elaine survived the fall season, then she was meant to be with Lucian. But if she died, she was meant to be with Azriel. Well, the deer fucking ate her. <laughs> but isn't that the same thing as dying? So when I said dying, I meant like more like wilt. Wilt because of the autumn, the autumn season, which Lucian represents. Okay, I need to know right here, right now, who do you want Elaine to be with? See, I would love for her to be with her mate. No, okay, I take that back. I would love for Lucian to be with his mate. But I think Elaine is too good for both of them. Or no. I'm not saying this correctly, but I think they're both too good for Elaine. You, well, oh yeah, no, you're right. Okay, I, I heard that the other way. I was like. I said it the t- other way around at first. <laughs> I was like, you're telling me. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, so 
the way that I saw the lettuce getting eaten by deer, I don't know if you saw my post, but I posted an update on Romaine Elaine. She got eaten. So basically, that bitch just can't stick up for herself. She can't yeah. fight for herself, and she doesn't want to. And I think that speaks a lot about her own character and not who she should end up with. I am just like, right. I don't want them to be, I don't want either of them to be with Elaine. Like at the end, I was kind of leaning, I go back and forth. Sometimes I lean more towards Lucian. Sometimes I lean more towards Az because he has this soft side to her. But I'm just like, I really don't want her to be with anyone. And you know what? You know, if we didn't know Emran was with Barry and I honestly thought Nessa was gay. I thought she was a lesbian. Mm. Could you imagine Emran and Nessa together? I could, because they were working on that book a lot together, and the chemistry was kind of there. Um, Unpopular opinion. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I would rather as, I would rather Elaine be with Lucian for the sole fact that I want as to have a mate, like a true mate, and have that bond. Yes, I agree with you. But only for that reason. As deserves more than that. He does. He deserves more than to pawn off on some girl who is like mated to someone else and like really isn't truly giving him the time of day. Well, and Lucian deserves a mate too, but I think he deserves a better mate than Elaine. God, this is just, this is the part. I'm just like, why did she do this to us? I know. We, d- we derailed. Let's get back on track. We did. All right. So they enter the court of nightmares and Reese comes in all dramatically again and takes Farrah's hand this time and guides her up to the platform and sits her on the throne by herself, on his throne. And he himself, the High Lord of the Night Court, takes a seat on the arm of the chair. He basically, technically he's above her, but really, by being on the arm, (laughs) he's lower than her as far as hierarchy and social standing goes he's putting himself below her and is like this is my hey lady you will respect her talk about how she's got him whipped i know right like we stand he sips so hard (laughs) damn uh but like that has to be kind of a shock to like is it called the hewn city how do you say it um (laughs) hoon (laughs) um because last time they were there together he treated her so differently so it's just a very big contrast wonderful way (laughs) in a wonderful way but to them it was kind of like this is awkward (laughs) and it's like you know it's those two people who fucked each other again basically in front of our (laughs) eyes all right (laughs) they get up they go into this room in the back they take care with them and then they discuss the upcoming war. And he's like, hey, I need your dark bringers to come fight with us against Highburn. And then basically a big curveball happens and Eris walks in, basically surprising everyone but Rice, uh, especially more, which really sucks. Um, it does. Rice really fucked up this time. Agreed. Rice, really, the reason he brought in an Eris, is he thought that an alliance with Autumn Court would convince Kier to fight with him, but unfortunately it wasn't enough. Kier wanted access to Valaris, and Rice grants it to him with conditions, minimal access with very strict conditions, 
And then we find out that there's actually more to the story of Eris and Moore than Moore is aware of, but we don't really ever learn that extent in this book. So I'm hoping that kind of comes back up. We just kind of get a glimpse into the fact that he's at least better than his father. And he's just like, you know, all I want in return is support for when I kill my dad and I take the throne. I want you guys to like be in support of me being the heir to the throne. I kind of want an heiress redemption arc. I'm not even lying. Yeah. Yeah. Same. I think I can for, I, because correct me if I'm wrong, was what happened to Moore hit, it wasn't his doing, it was his father's, correct? See, I can't remember. That was an Akamath story. Somebody, but I, let, somebody let us know. <laughs> <laughs> but we do learn that he helped Lucian escape his brothers. Like when Lucian, um, when his like girlfriend got killed and then they tried to kill him too. Eris mm-hmm. helped him ex- escape to the Supreme Court and like alerted Tamlin and was like, hey, take in my brother. And he was the only one. So they make an alliance. They're like, yeah, Eris will help you, you know, like become the heir to the throne and cure. Like, we'll give you a little bit of Valaris. So they're all like, okay, yeah, we'll help you in the war. And then Fair is like, oh, yeah, like, hey, I need this mirror. And Kira's like, oh, yeah, that's yours. <laughs> Everyone that's looked into it has gone fucking batshit crazy. <laughs> And she's like, oh, shit. And so then she's like, okay, I've got to, like, rethink this whole thing because I don't want to go crazy. Like, I'm an important key to the to the puzzle, too, and so is everybody <laughs> else. Like, I don't know. I don't know who can go in and just lose their fucking minds for this freaking mirror. So they get home, and Moore is, like, really upset, but for good reason. Rise regrets not warning anyone about Eris coming. But Moore says that she's actually really more upset about Rice giving up Valaris then, you know, Eris being part of the picture. And during this kind of powwow, we learn that Amran got out of the prison, or we learn how Amran got out of the prison. And she basically had to give up her old form for a new one so that the prison would not recognize her. They kind of get into this like really deep conversation and they're like, hey, like we went to the prison and we talked to the bone carver and we need to get him out. And so then Amran's like, oh, let me tell you my whole life story. <laughs> <laughs> We kind of learned that she used to be like almost like a more immortal being than Faye, but she didn't have any emotions. And then like a rip in the sky appeared and she flew up there and went through it because she was curious. And the way I read it is I was, I was like, basically her old self was kind of like a vampire who flipped their humanity switch. (laughs) Yeah, kind of. I'm not going to lie. I was a little confused by the whole thing. But I guess it's supposed to kind of be confusing. And, you know, maybe we'll get like a like an Amran book where we learn a little bit more about that. But it's a I completely different world and completely different beings. I want SJ Mass to resolve as Elaine and Lucian before she gets into Amran. No offense, Amran. <laughs> I wish she would have done that before we got into Nesta Cassian, but here we are. Oh God, yep, here we are. So they get progressively more concerned about Elaine. She's just continually going more batshit as time goes on. <laughs> she starts speaking in riddles, so they're like... We need a doctor up in here. <laughs> Someone needs to come look at this bitch. <laughs> and she was like, nothing's wrong with her. And they're like, are you sure? And they're like, yeah, nothing's wrong with her. And then they're like, oh, poor Elaine. Let me get you some warm milk and we'll get you back to bed. That's literally a quote in the book. I'm not even making that up. Are you serious? Yes. We'll get you some warm milk. And I was like, well, okay. So what we've learned from this is basically Elaine's a little. Do you know what that is? No. It's like... A kink thing? 
Oh. Where people pretend to be almost like babies or toddlers. Oh, disgusting. Yeah. Okay. But basically that's what's happening. Not my thing. Not, Not my, my thing. thing either. Yeah. Not my thing. Okay. That makes sense. Okay. So Farrah trains with Az and she keeps running into trees. <laughs> <laughs> she keeps crashing and burning. <laughs> And so she gets home and she's like super sore. And she's like, Rice, I'm so sore. I can't move. <laughs> he's like, let me help you into the bath. And then he gets like all granola on her shit and starts like getting his like essential oils out and like massaging her <laughs> back. Oh my God. <laughs> Which turns into sexy time, of course. Uh. And then he like does the wing thing on her. <laughs> <laughs> We know how Brooke feels about the wing thing, okay? I, the wing, I, I actually like the wing thing. It's the only, the only like furry shit <laughs> SJM does that I approve of. <laughs> and then he like basically lets her get hers before they cut on and go to sleep. And he's like, no, I don't need mine. I just wanted to make you feel better. And then they go to sleep. And then that's like the only spicy part of the book. I'm just saying, in what world? <laughs> <laughs> In what world does that happen? Because <laughs> it's not my yours, and I'm gonna roll over and just crash. <laughs> I'll be fine. <laughs> I will say I get like aggressively angry at how one-sided a lot of fantasy books are on like pleasure. Like, oh, I get to that. <laughs> okay, I can't wait. We'll talk about it. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> Farrah takes Nessa down to the library and they try to find more information on how to patch the wall up. And while they're searching, Farrah asks, why have you always pushed me away? Pushed everyone away besides Elaine. And we almost get an answer. (laughs) And then two hybrid soldiers appear and chase them throughout the library, forcing them all the way down to the bottom where Byraxis lives. And she speaks to him and she's basically like, Hey, I'll give you a window. <laughs> He's like, deal. <laughs> <laughs> if you kill these people coming after us. Oh, actually, you know, the window is the second part. This time he just wants like company. Right. I was like, very wholesome. It's he's Baraxas is a wholesome dude. Or I like him. <laughs> I like him a lot. <laughs> <laughs> We find out that he's basically a boggart from Harry Potter. Okay. He basically is just like this cloud and he transforms into your worst fear and then kills you. Okay. Which is kind of like what happens in HP. Um, and then Rice and Cassian show up and they finish the deed. They kind of place the killing blow. And then they're like, oh, wait, Elaine's babblings actually kind of make a little bit of sense. <laughs> Did she predict it? (laughs) (laughs) And so then they're like, oh, shit, wait, like, she's a seer. She wasn't crazy at all. She's a seer. Well, they didn't say she wasn't crazy, but she was like, okay, like, she's (laughs) (laughs) still kind of (laughs) crazy. And then she tells them of the six queens who, wait for it, was a freaking bird. (laughs) Another freaking bird. What do we expect at this point? There were just a lot of winged creatures. <laughs> I was like, come up with something else. <laughs> well, he just spoil it for you, but she doesn't. There's a lot of wings. <laughs> Crescent City. 
Oh, man. All right. (laughs) (laughs) So anyways, the sixth queen, she's a bird. We're not surprised. Apparently, she was cursed by a death god. And then Lucian is like, well, I guess it's my turn to step up and actually do some shit around here. (laughs) (laughs) He's He's just been sitting around for a hot minute. Because Elaine's not going to do shit, so I guess (laughs) I'm going to go do something else. (laughs) (laughs) So he gets up. And he sets off on his quest to find this bird queen. <laughs> and then basically it's a peace out to Lucian for the entire rest of the book. <laughs> I know, right? I was like, God, like I was hoping we would see him a little bit more, get a little interaction. But I guess it was just like, all right, I have to figure out a way to get Lucian out of this <laughs> so we can focus on other things. So I'm going to send for him real. off. I was kind of upset. I thought yeah. we'd get a Lucian chapter or something. Mm-hmm. So he leaves, and then they almost immediately get a letter from Varian that Hybern has attacked Adriata in the Summer Court. So Cassian, As, Rice, Farah, Moore, and the Illyrians go to fight. They leave Amran, Nesta, and Elaine to... Elaine just really doesn't do anything, but <laughs> Nesta and Amran <laughs> are working on the book. <laughs> the guys take the main battle, and Moore and Farah sit and basically just kind of watch <laughs> for a little while. <laughs> and Farrah's ass, Farrah's dumbass, <laughs> talks about feeling thirsty. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> talks about how she wished she had some water before <laughs> she went in to fight. <laughs> As if five minutes later, she doesn't just conjure her own damn water. <laughs> right, like, bitch, if you thirsty, you make your own. So they take the they took the palace. Farah harnesses all of her powers like a badass. They clear it, and then Farah looks into Rice's mind and finds him on a ship with Hybern. Also, like I was thinking about this. Like side note, he's always called King of Hybern, but like they never tell us his name. He's always just like Hybern. I'm like truly like, what is he really king of? Well, Hybern was its own like little island. Little island. And island like off to the side which by the way i don't know if you guys haven't seen the memes yet but um she basically copied the map do you know what i'm talking about no i haven't seen this okay i'm sending you two screenshots of the map of perinthian and then also a map of the united kingdom oh (laughs) (laughs) it's very original My geography lessons <laughs> were not very good. <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. Did you pick up on that or did you see that somewhere? No, I saw um, I saw a TikTok about it. And you it's know identical. like the, inter- the Internet Explorer ding where it's like, bump. <laughs> it was like, it showed the map of Corinthian and it was like, bump. And then it was, like, the United Kingdom, and it was, like, oh. <laughs> yeah, I bet you didn't think anybody was going to look that close. <laughs> <laughs> so they chat for a while, and Hybern is, like, trying to get in his head, and Rice realizes he's not truly there. He's just, like, an illusion. And once the battle is over, they meet with Tark. Tarquin's, like, wary of the Night Court's intentions and thinks that they basically came to, like, slaughter them all. And Rice tries to mend things. But Tarquin's like, get out of my court. And like, my my biggest qualm with this is just like, the whole summer court goes up in ruins and like, we never hear about Alice again. <laughs> I know, right? Like, 
Alice has been my main bitch this entire time. And then like, I never hear about her again. So I'm like really upset. She goes to the summer court. Ivern <laughs> comes and like blows it up. And then it's like, is Alice okay? Does anyone care <laughs> to find out if Alice is okay? Did we forget about her? <laughs> so because of the attack in Adriata, they decided to move the High Lord meeting up in three days. So then Pharaoh's like, I'm going to give you a blowy, Reese. <laughs> oh. And here's where we talk about the, the, the dynamic between the sexual scenes because Sarah J. Moss, like, the female pleasure scenes are so descriptive and sexy and drawn out. <laughs> and the male pleasure scenes are like a paragraph at most. <laughs> oh, man. When she writes a male pleasure sex scene, it's like, get that head, get that bread, and leave. <laughs> <laughs> Thousand percent. So they got back to the townhouse, and Nesta's like asking where Cassian is, and more basically like puts her in a place, and she's like, when he gets back, keep your forked tongue in your mouth. And I was like, yes, bitch. Someone needs to put her in her place, because literally no one does. Raz just passively aggressively got her car sick. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was appropriate, but apparently it offended Farah like bad. And I get that she's family, but like she constantly excuses her actions and like that's not okay, especially after everything they've been through. Right. And she's like, Farah's never a pushover. She's literally a never pushover, never a pushover until it comes to Elena Nesta. So then she's like, this is getting real. I'm going to go see the bone carver again. And she basically demands that he chooses something else besides the mirror because she can't afford to go fucking insane. And he states that he will only take the mirror or their firstborn son and points to himself. And this is the first time Reese like really realizes who Farrah sees when she looks at him. And then on the way out, Farrah describes what their son will look like to Reese, which is like kind of romantic, kind of morbid. Mm -hmm. If you think about it. <laughs> Guys. If you have read Akafes, you know what I'm thinking right now. Brooke doesn't because she hasn't. But there's just one thing that happens about, you know, their son that just really, like, takes the fucking cake. And I can't wait to talk about it eventually. <laughs> you know, I think I've seen a TikTok on this moment. And I was like... <laughs> <laughs> Say it. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Can you please just say it? Because I just, I want to talk to you about this so badly. The TikTok said that Bryce jerks off to the thought of their son. What? <laughs> he's like banging her against the wall. And he's like, show me again. <laughs> he's like, show me again, Farah. What are some... <laughs> It's honestly just. <laughs> Don't have words. <laughs> the worst part about it is she's like, yeah, baby, let me show you. Richie Mouse has done some questionable things, but I think this is like, <laughs> this takes the fucking cake. This is where we draw the line. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Oh, God. I hate that. All right. <laughs> it's disgusting. 
Oh man, I can't come back from that. Okay, man. <sighs> that's that's the last of my part. <laughs> and that, guys, is part one of Akawar. We are planning on making this a two-part because we have been podcasting for two hours, so we're going to hit our four-hour ratio like we normally do. <laughs> Per usual. <laughs> per but usual. if you've made it to this part of the podcast, please, please, please start sending us in your ghost stories slash main character moments slash any questions you want to ask us or anything you might want to say to get put on our listener episode of the podcast that's coming up super, super soon. And we're so excited for it. I think it's going to be my favorite episode yet. It's just going to be super fun. I agree. It's going to let us be our true random selves. And also, I just want to say thank you to anyone who has reached out to us, let us letting us know that you enjoy our podcast because we really do love interacting with you guys. And thank you so much for all of the love. We really appreciate it. Don't forget about our hangover lives. We're not like 100% consistent with them. <laughs> <laughs> Life gets in the way sometimes. Hey, it's 2020, baby. But don't you guys worry. We will be announcing when our hangover lives are going to be. So don't forget to follow us on Instagram, which is Booked and Boozy Podcasts. And you can also find us on TikTok and Twitter at Booked and Boozy. And then send in those main character moments, ghost stories, and random questions to bookedandboozy at gmail.com. And we will see you guys in Akawar part two. Bye. Bye.